Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 975-1280 the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. We're going to talk to Sarah Todd from the Deseret News. Coming up here momentarily, we'll get her thoughts on the first half of the jazz season, the second half of the jazz season, and I guess the half of the jazz season? We'll ask her about the all-star experience, all-star game. Those chips now? No. Oh, okay. This is my watch, man. Oh, okay. Sounded like you were crunching on chips. No. Little Lay's no, original. I've learned my lesson. I thought that was going to be funny, and it turned out to be a disaster, so I'm not going to replicate it. Now. Oh, caramel, man. Of all things. Caramel. What were you thinking? <laughs> I wanted to see if I could get away with it just for fun. Wolfing down a caramel in the middle of the segment. Man, that thing was chewy, man. It's, just... it's caramel. <laughs> You know, it had it had the uh, it had some kind of inner filling though, which was quite tasty. It wasn't. It, was, wasn't. it was unexpected. I didn't know. Oh. All right. Well, we're going to talk to. In fact, uh, thank goodness Sarah's ready. Let's, let's get see, out to the zone. Somebody, phone. wait, wait. Somebody hand Sarah a bag of chips before she comes no, out here. Uh, Sarah would never do such a thing. She covers the jazz for the Deseret News. She's Sarah Todd with us here on the Big Show. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm great. I, I think the title is Heavily Tattooed, Sarah Todd. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sarah, Sarah, have you ever uh, fallen victim to eating something when you were on the air during an interview? Or um, that's, a, that's a really good question. I don't think so. I'm oh, not yeah. sure. I, what happens to me a lot is, like, Sometimes I'll be in my car, you know, when I'm doing a phone interview, and then, like, a motorcycle will start right next to me. I'm like, of course, of course, this is when you're choosing to do it. <laughs> let me let me phrase the question a little bit differently here, Sarah, because more uh, appropriately grasp what happened or, or demonstrate what happened earlier in the show. You do a podcast with uh, with our friend Ben Anderson, uh, KSL Sports. Mm-hmm. You, guys, you guys do a great job. Uh, while Ben was conversing with you and, and speaking for a moment, would you ever throw a caramel into your mouth? And and chew it even then. So when it came your turn to talk, you sounded like, "Well, let's see the jazz are going to be. Here. They're going to be playing well." Have you ever done something like that? No, I no. mean I okay. would never because I'm experienced with talking on the air. But you guys would never do that either, right? Well, well I see, certainly would not. No, well, I've never done it before, and I'm new to this whole thing. So and you know, Austin you will play the role of the uh, receptionist. <laughs> <laughs> Are you and, eating? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so that's what happened earlier today. It was a mistake, Sarah. Just so you know. I made a mistake. All right. I'm sorry. I apologize. Oh, man. So much to get to with you, Sarah. Uh, where to start? Let, let's start with you being world famous. ESPN world famous over the weekend in the, in the documentary about Rudy Gobert. Of course, today is the year anniversary from the mic touching incident. But uh, how, how did you feel watching yourself in documentary form over the weekend? Uh, 
I actually did not watch myself in documentary you form. Didn't? Uh, oh, I no, would have watched I, myself. I, I absolutely would have. I love to read my own writing. I love to hear my own voice. So I'll listen to myself on podcasts. I do not like to watch myself talk. So I stayed away from that one. That's funny. <laughs> oh, it turned out really well. Uh, uh, you should check it out. I think. I don't know. I was, Jake, I was there when they when they interviewed me, so I remember how that went. So that went well, so I figured it was. <laughs> I'd love that answer. I was there, Gordon. I, I yeah, remember I, I remember how it went. Right. You don't need to go back and revisit it. <laughs> well, let's do. Hold on. Hold the phone. Let's go back and revisit a little bit to a year ago today, Sarah, and talk about, you know, Gordon and I were, were joking a little bit earlier in the show. For that period of time, the Jazz, Utah, Salt Lake City, you guys covering the team, we were the center of the universe. The coronavirus was the biggest story to hit the planet in in years in a weird way we were we were right in the middle of it you specifically and take us back to kind of that week and that period of time and what it was like in your life well of course uh, a year ago today is the mic touching incident but that didn't really uh matter to people until march 11th when we found out that rudy gobert tested positive for COVID 19 and uh it's a that was such a, a weird day, and it's really surreal. And one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot lately, because people have been asking me the question of, you know, do you realize how big and how significant that day was and that you were a part of this moment? And it makes me think of all the times that I've asked that to athletes or coaches. And, like, do you are you able to sort of, you know, appreciate these moments and how big they are? And I can relate now to the answers that they give when they're like, you know, not really. <laughs> it hasn't really sunk in and we're a year out and it still really hasn't totally sunk in that people, I mean, throughout history from now on are going to look back to that day and that moment in Oklahoma city is going to be so significant. And it's weird to be a part of that moment. I mean, as a journalist, I never want to be part of a story (laughs) and I certainly didn't want to be a part of that one, but it, it, that was a really crazy night being at the arena watching the whole thing unfold. I mean, we're seconds away from the game tipping off. I don't know if people realize, like, how close we were to that ball going in the air. And then, you know, the the players leave the court. The halftime singer comes out because they're just looking for ways to stall. And then when everything gets canceled, it's like all the reporter juices start flowing and you want to get the story. And then at the same time, you're thinking, am I safe? And should I be worried? And it was a billion emotions in one night. I'm sure. Sarah, like Jake was talking about the significance of all that, especially as it moved forward. But in that moment, you said the thought was going through your mind, okay, I've got to craft a story here, but I have to keep my health in mind as well. But it was so intense, the the, the minutes, the hours right after that, you know, in the locker room and with the team and with Quinn Snyder leading the way and just trying to find a hotel that the team could stay at now that they were, quote, unquote, infected, you know, and getting back to Salt Lake and everything went with that and all the uncertainty and the mystery. I can only imagine what that felt like for you sitting there going, okay, what do I make of this and how do I present it? Yeah, and it's so chaotic, and there's so many things going on because, I mean, it's not just the story and then worrying about getting tested. You know, we, me and Tony Jones and Andy Larson, we ended up being on the Jazz's charter flight the next day back to Utah because since we were in contact with a confirmed case, we weren't allowed to fly commercially. And so we were like, how are we even getting home? We can't, we can't get home. 
and and so we were a part of that whole thing. And you know, their flight time was supposed to be that night. They were supposed to fly out after the game, but they couldn't. They missed that flight time. We were at the arena for hours, so they had to find a another flight time the next day and a pilot and crew that were willing to fly a group a group of people who had tested negative but could possibly still have COVID. And so, it was, and at the same time, my mother was supposed to fly in from California the following day. That we we came back to Salt Lake on a Thursday, Friday. My mother was supposed to come in. She she had heart surgery last year, and so you know I'm in the arena. I'm sitting next to Tony Jones. I'm crying. He's telling me everything's going to be okay. I'm on the phone with my mom saying, "I don't want to kill you. You have to cancel this trip." And so it was, there was so much chaos in those few hours and all of it stemming from a basketball game. We do have basketball stuff we want to talk to you about, of course. Uh, but but first, I, I want to ask you about Rudy's legacy. I mean, you know, Rudy's a two-time All-Star now, two-time Defensive Player of the Year. There's no doubt, you know, he's a star in this league. But do you think that night and him being the first, and and by the way, I mean, it it would seem to me in hindsight that, that it was quite prevalent at the time, and he just happened to be, you know, kind of that first, catch the spotlight type of person who tested positive but do you think that will be part of his legacy forever Uh, undoubtedly it's going to be a part of his legacy i'm really hopeful that uh, a part that'll be with that is that um, because he was the first one to test positive because the league shut down that day and then the ncaa and nhl the next day you know, it was the first domino to fall, and because Rudy was the first one that possibly so many more lives were saved and so many super spreader events were canceled because of that moment, that hopefully that'll be a part of the legacy. But I think that I'm I'm probably a little bit more hopeful than than realistic in that sense. Because a lot of what people are going to remember and what we're going to go back to, what will always be remembered is that incident touching the microphones and him being the first and, you know, the the reported tension between him and Donovan on that night. That's all going to be a part of it. And it's unfortunate that that, that will be such a huge part of his legacy, but I, I hope that, that he feels proud of how he reacted to it and that people will remember how important it was that we actually had an athlete test positive. And Sarah, there you were, like you said, a front seat to history, man. That's 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 uh, not uh, something you want to grin about, or or, but it was something that happened to you, and so that's that is significant in its own right. Let me ask you a basketball question, though. Here you are. You've watched the Jazz every game. You've seen them rise to the best record in the NBA. The last four games before the All Star break, they lose three of them. Do you think that means anything? Is there leakage here, or do you expect them to pick right up and move out and keep on going the way they have? As it stands right now, I don't think that we we have any reason to be worried about the Jazz and their positioning in the league. I mean, no team is going to go, you know, 72 or 82 and 0. You know, they're not going to win them all. There are going to be every team that has ever won a championship in the history of the league has had bad losses. They've had tough losses. They've had close losses. And so there's no reason to doubt uh, their talent or their skill level or, or even to look back on what they've been able to do so far in the first half of the season and uh, think that it was a fluke. Um, I think that the second half of the season is obviously going to be more telling than the first half. That's when they want to be playing their best basketball as the season progresses. Uh, I think 
you know, this team is incredibly talented, and I they've been doing a lot of things at such a high level, and I, I think that, you know, as as fans of the game or as critics of the game, we have a tendency to try to pick at the flaws, and uh, sometimes we miss, you know, embracing and enjoying the moment right in front of us, and the fact of the matter is they are the winningest team in the league this season, and they've been playing historic, amazing basketball, and it's been an absolute joy to watch, and until they give me a reason to really doubt them, I'm not. What, what was the most interesting storyline to you of the first half of the season? Outside, of course, the, the best record in the league, and I don't think a, a lot of people saw that coming, but what kind of has, what, what have you followed in the first half of the season that has been interesting to you? Quite a few things. I think that, uh, you know, the emergence of the Jazz bench and the cohesiveness of that group and being able to have Derek Favors as a backup option rather than Tony Bradley or Ed Davis is such an upgrade there. And, you know, that gives someone for Joe Ingles to be comfortable with. And so now in his position on the bench, you know, he is even more comfortable. And so there's a cohesiveness and chemistry with that bench unit and, you know, Jordan Clarkson obviously is capable of exploding off the charts any night of the week. Probably the biggest thing to that first half has been Mike Conley and how he's just settled into his role and is, quite frankly, playing the best basketball of his career. And I, I really hope that that lasts through the season, not just, you know, for the Jazz, but for him and um, really enjoying himself, uh, you know, sort of in the late stage of his of his career. It's just amazing. I mean, we see what he does offensively and how he's able to calm and control the pace of the team and how much of a creator he is and how well he plays on and off the ball. But he's also been so sneaky and so precise defensively. He's been one of the best storylines of the Jazz this season. So, Sarah, let me ask you a question that we've been talking to some of our NBA experts about this week. Boyan Bogdanovich being picked on at the defensive, at the Jazz's defensive end, is this a problem, or do you think that's something that Quinn will be able to solve? It's a solvable thing. Um, it just depends on how they're going to solve it, whether it's uh, taking him out if he's completely targeted and going with someone else like Derek Favors and moving him into the lineup with Rudy Gobert more often, or if they you know, are just more deliberate in making sure that switch doesn't happen or rotation so that you know that person that has the ball ends up going against maybe Joe Ingles or somebody else. You know, you can you can avoid that and make it so that he's not as targeted. But, you know, it's very rare that you're going to find an NBA team that has five guys on the court and all of them are defensive specialists. And so there's always sort of a weak point. Teams are going to try and find that. But, you know, you can you can fight that with rotations and different matchup selections. I don't I don't know that it's something that is terribly necessary to worry about. I mean, we definitely saw it in that last game before the All-Star break against the Sixers when Tobias Harris just was picking on Boyan on almost every possession, and it worked really well for them in that overtime period. But I think that, you know, if push came to shove in the playoffs, I don't think that Quinn Snyder would be someone to just sit back and sort of let that matchup continue. They're, you know, he's a really smart and uh, – uh, intellectual guy when it comes to basketball schemes, and I, I think that he'll he'll have something to counter with. 
Give us your thoughts on the big story of the day, uh, Sarah, about uh, the addition of Versan Ilyasova. What do you think this does for the squad? Yeah, I actually covered Ursan when he was with the Sixers. Uh, it was kind of a similar situation. They picked him up um, uh, sort of mid-season, and uh, he's he's really kind of the kind of player that I think Utah Jazz fans are. He's kind of a prototype for them to enjoy the way that he plays. Uh, he is famous around the league for being able to take charges and get that call, and so that's always a fun thing to watch for a guy that – you know, he's notorious for doing it, and still guys will try to bowl him over. I don't know how, how they haven't read the scouting report after this many years on that. But he's also kind of just a gritty player. He does really little things and makes winning plays, and he's not bad shooting the ball. I don't know that he's going to break too much into the Jazz lineup. I think he's a little bit of an insurance um, for sort of that larger perimeter player. But uh, it's, I mean... We'll see, and that this season is also so unpredictable, and the Jazz have been really lucky with their health and with staying away from you know the COVID problems that a lot of other teams have had problems with through the season, but that doesn't mean that they're not at risk, and those things can always crop up through the season, and so having a guy like that is, is a really good insurance policy. What kind of locker room guy is he? He's a, you know, he's a little bit of a, a quiet person, but he's – He's, um, I think, a lot like Rudy Gobert. I mean, some of these European players um, are sort of in the same vein with their personality, where they're a little bit tongue-in-cheek, uh, quietly, very funny. Um, um, I think that Boyan has it a little bit, too, where sometimes you don't expect him to crack a joke, and he does. Or, um, and But he's also got an edge to him. And I think I think that plays well in a locker room. If, if you're able to make guys laugh, and if you're not a pushover, I think that that's something that is respected. Sarah, last thing from me, and this is uh, an inside joke that uh, anybody who follows you on Twitter might get, but how's the neighbor situation? Has it gotten any better? I live on the top floor now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and okay. so I am, I am the neighbor I now. See. I no longer do I have someone above me. Uh, as the bane of my existence. I'm top floor, baby, so no more problems. <laughs> if you followed okay, Sarah's wait, wait. Twitter, Gordon, you'd know that she had the world's, like a like a troop of tap dancers lived above Sarah for a while. A professional yeah, bowler I was, was yeah, practicing. Right. I, was, I was posting videos because I, I thought that people wouldn't believe me. They're like, oh, you got a noisy neighbor. Calm down. And then I would post videos of just sitting on my couch and what it sounded like in my living room. And people were like, what are they doing up there? That's insane. I was like, yeah, I know. It is insane. Like the uh, like the commercial, you had a clogging problem, did you, up there? People uh, dancing around? Oh, yeah, exactly mm-hmm. like that. I think that every time people think about me and my living situation, that's the image that comes to their minds now. <laughs> I, felt, I felt terribly for you because I think we've all been there, right? So mm-hmm. are you going to do that now to your neighbor? Are you going to start making noise, pounding the floor and doing all that? I'm an excellent neighbor. No one has ever <laughs> been happier to live under someone than they have me. <laughs> I've just started a new hobby in metallurgy. That's the, that's the banging that you hear coming from above. Uh, well, Sarah, I know we tell you this every time you come on with us, but we're big fans of your work. Thank you very much for joining us, and keep up that good work. Oh, thanks, guys. I'm a big fan of yours, too. Thanks, Sarah. We appreciate you. Ethan uh, Gordon? Well, let's let's just pretend like that was just you and me, Austin. Let's, 
No, Sarah's great. Sarah Todd, she covers the jazz for the Deseret News. Mentioned uh, a follower on Twitter. Gordon, I believe you do as well. But uh, her uh, her uh, Twitter handle, at NBA Sarah. Give her a follow. And, of course, you can read her work at DeseretNews.com. And as you mentioned, she was highlighted in that Rudy special. I mean, she played a, as, uh, I think, as major a role in that as anybody other than Rudy himself, didn't she? Yeah, well... Um, you know, the media kind of, you, we've heard all the stories and Sarah told her, you know, told part of her story there jumping on with us, but the, the, you know, the people that cover the team, David talks about this bowler too, you know, they kind of got brought under the team's umbrella in a couple of ways. You heard Sarah mention they, they flew back with the team. I mean, it just was one of those unique situations where, I mean, obviously nobody had been in it before or gone through it before. And I, I would guess there was a lot of anxiety. Uh, surrounding uh, everybody involved. I, I know well, I, it certainly would be if it were me. Yeah, well, it extended to us. Yeah. You know, just being being where we were, watching it unfold was was intense. It was, it was yeah, th- that's something that will stay with us for a long time, I think, just that whole experience of waiting for the team to take the floor, and then all of a sudden <laughs> they're off the floor, and, and we got to figure out what's going on. Well, her talking about her, her mom there, too, which I think that is something that uh, all of us can identify with, right? And sure. Maybe not quite that extreme in that circumstance, but didn't we all have those thoughts go through our mind of our, our loved ones and vulnerability and, uh, you know, to see them, not to see what, what's appropriate? I mean, we all experience something like that, maybe not as immediate and as extreme as, as Sarah described right there, but I think that's something that everybody can kind of identify with over the last year. For sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, big thanks to her for jumping on with us. We'll get that uh, in podcast form available for you. Uh, we'll get to drop of the day coming up right around the corner. We've got Austin's list at 550. It's a busy Tuesday on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of the Zone. It is time for Drop of the Day, also known as Sounds of Various Clips. Gordon, you uh, paid close attention to the Prince Harry, Meghan Markle interview with Oprah. You were dialed in on that from the beginning. After the fact, yes. (laughs) That was funny yesterday where I made a a Harry and Meghan joke and Gordon's like, wait, what? Huh? Yeah, I I was not... uh, I was not fully aware of what was happening there, but since then I've gone back and read all about it. It sounds kind of interesting, really. I mean, when you think about, well, I mean, maybe it's not all that important to people who who think that that's all ancient history now, but uh, you know, the 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 British monarchy and all that. But I thought I thought some of the storylines were pretty uh, of interest. Well, Meghan uh, McCain, right, and uh, Whoopi. We're talking about it on The View. Let's hear, uh, let's hear what happened. Whoopi, my ancestors fought in the American Revolution. When I was growing up, my uh, brothers and sister and I would pretend to be George Washington and the Continental Army crossing the Delaware River when we would be in the creek on our rafts. I named my daughter Liberty. I enjoy going to Mount Vernon to uh, you know, visit the home place of our founding fathers. 
I did not want to defend the monarchy. I'm a red-blooded, 100% American who celebrates freedom any way I can and always. So being put in a position where I'm supposed to defend the monarchy is uncomfortable. But I have very good friends who live in the UK who I spoke with last night and this morning who wanted to emphasize that there is a feeling and a generational divide between young people and older people in the UK, um, specifically when it comes to William and Kate. Their popularity is the highest. Uh, Kate's is actually at 75%, the Queen's at six, 73%, and Kate's is at 67%, while Meghan's is at 32%. And there's a feeling among some people in the UK that uh, they have sort of abandoned Queen and country, and they're doing it at a time when Prince Philip is 99 years old and literally possibly on his deathbed after getting open heart surgery and he, you know he's, his health isn't doing well and that the timing is bad. Again, I want to take this time to encourage all Americans to visit Mount Vernon and see why monarchies are stupid. The American experiment is the way to go. And if we have two American women, Meghan Markle and Oprah Winfrey, who are single-handedly finishing what George Washington and our revolutionary counterparts did, I'm all for it. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. That's it. Okay. 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 Sounds that's good. Kind of like I, I. Um. Okay. Let, let me say it this way. Uh, what's the matter with having the monarchy involved? It's a symbolic thing. It's a tradition. It's they do it. They get involved in a lot of charitable causes. Do they not? What's What's the big deal? I mean. Great Britain is a, is a, an ally, uh, as dependable an ally probably as any other country that uh, that this nation has ever had, despite the Revolutionary War and the War of eighteen twelve. But in more recent times, it seems like that that Britain has been there for the U.S. and the U.S. has been there for Britain, at least in general terms. Uh, what what what's the big deal? What's I mean. What is she talking about, this monarchy, as though the monarchy is still ruling Great Britain and that that's the governing body? It's it's kind of silly. Okay. <laughs> it was either okay or playing that music that you play when something profound is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I should Oh, man. Um I see the thing with that politics was, aside. Not, this is not this is supposed to be a funny thing. I don't well, really. You know, the show business is like our moniker monarchy here. It's just like it's celebrity. It's kind of uh, I, it's it doesn't like you said, Jake. It doesn't really hold a whole lot of truck to it. It's 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 it doesn't have teeth. It's just it's symbolic. Again, that wasn't. It's kind of after you deliver the line. It's not necessarily anything profound, but okay. uh, it's kind of symbolic. Yeah, that's yeah, how yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Clean up on aisle five. <laughs> I I don't understand the obsession with the the monarch. Okay. I I personally don't don't care. What was uh, what was Whoopi's point? Was she does she have a counter opinion of some sort? Uh, I didn't. I don't know. I didn't watch the show. They That's actually the first cut to a break. Did they? She said, "Okay, I guess we'll talk about that when we come back." And then they went to commercial break. But I couldn't find the the rest of it. The internet has cut it down to just her. Well, okay. I, I never watched that show, so I don't know where these folks are coming from politically. But I I, I think that she may have been. What was the first woman's name? 
Megan McCain. Megan McCain. She might have been overcooking it a little bit, you know. I mean, nobody really looks at it like it's some sort of legitimate form of government anymore. It, it's just a television show, yeah. And yet yeah, when other it, monarchies around the world are actually doing horrible things, we, we couldn't care less. But, you know, uh, Prince uh, uh, William puts his pants on uh, in the morning and yet okay, it's making headlines. Yeah, but there's a lot of... Fr- I don't want to call it frivolous, but it's it's just sort of an attendant thing that a tradition in Britain. It's not it, it's it's not, it doesn't have any kind of huge impact that would should be bothersome to anybody. Well, I think the most you ridiculous know? thing of all of this is they're having a discussion about did Meghan Markle and Prince is she married to who? Howard? Harry? Or Harry. She's uh, married to Harry Henderson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Megan and the Hendersons. Sorry. Uh, the, they, the discussion was, did they backstab the royal family? And instead, Megan McCain takes a moment to talk about how 1776 is still like she plants a flag on Britain and then gives a, an infomercial for Mount Vernon three times. <laughs> I, I what named else my is, child Liberty. <laughs> what else is Whoopi, Whoopi supposed to do? Okay. There's nothing else you can say. There's nothing to respond. Kind of like what, a, what do I do with this? Kind of like a not sports report about a <laughs> tattoo that says keep going. Okay. You do it, Jake. Oh, come on. <laughs> Easy, come Pierce. On. Don't quit on you us now, Pierce. Don't you, do it. You do it. You do it. I don't know. No, all I'm asking is how how can I respond to that? Okay. You you can say, oh, really? You know, my I have friends who have had made mistakes with their tattoos, too. It's called engagement on the radio. Okay. <laughs> but this wasn't about a tattoo. It was about a pervy tattoo. No, it was meant to be inspirational, but it came across the wrong way. But it was news because it was pervy. It was, well, I mean, it was unusual. Okay. See? (laughs) It's such a disrespectful, it's the best two syllables, two letters, two syllables, best way to tell someone, I don't care what you're talking about. Okay. Okay. It's, I look, it's, but it's, you can't accuse them of using a bad word. Nope. They weren't necessarily impolite. They just were like, yeah, okay. Who is, uh, who is on that cast these days? They always try to be politically diverse, right? And I'm, I'm assuming um, Megan McCain. Megan McCain? Yes. Right? I'm assuming she's Hendersons. kind of the, the, the right side of it. Uh, yes. Uh, I think Whoopi's she's on, on the there. right side. Who Whoopi's else? on the left. I think Joy Behar. She's definitely on the left. And. Is it still Matt Hasselbeck's wife, Elizabeth oh, Hasselbeck? I have, no, I have no idea. Didn't they try to do a guy version of The View with, like, Mario Lopez and a bunch of people? You remember that, Gordon? No. I don't think it lasted very long. Okay. okay. <laughs> I love it's it so that you, you did that at the same time, <laughs> you and good. Gordon. <laughs> we couldn't do that again if we tried. No, probably not. You know, you've done that to me before, Jake, when I've said something really, really, really strong, and you say, okay. Uh, I think that might become a bit of a theme on our show. It might. It might. But uh, admittedly, sometimes I got nothing. (laughs) 
It's better than. Why would anybody possibly care about this? It is this? better than that. Yeah, I that, feel that bad about the, that. That was, the, uh, that was the worst thing you've ever said. Oh, come <laughs> that's on. That's the best thing you've and that's, ever said. And that's saying something. I okay. A, I had a weak moment during a not sports report. Why would anybody possibly care about this? And I this? just said I regretted it. Why? Why? Because you, Gordon, you, obviously, Gordon wait, doesn't wait. regret making you say that. I hurt his no, feelings, obviously. No, you didn't hurt my feelings, but I'm sitting there going, okay, here I bust my butt coming up with this great, interesting sports, not sports report, and you just, you, you leave me rimrocked. <laughs> rimrocked? So, so many inaccuracies in that sentence, but... <laughs> I've never heard the phrase no, rimrocked. Uh-uh. What does that mean? Like he dunked on you? No, it means that you... <laughs> you rock the rim? Oh, man. Every once in a while, uh, you've never heard the term rimrocked before. I really haven't. No, I'm not being smart Like if you're in I, southern I Utah and you're running up a... a running, uh, 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 Let's say you're the, good, you're the bad guy or you're the good guy and you're being chased by someone... And you're you're in in Red Rock country, and you you're on a plateau, and you come to the end of it, then you've been rim rocked. There's no place to go. Oh, okay, all right, that makes sense. I I've never heard of that. Is it like specifically to like a mountainous region, or is it? I mean, is well, that I'm asking? Is that like the literal where it came from, or are you just giving an example? I was well. I was given an example, but I think it's literal too. Okay, that's right. that's from. Okay, notes. all right, I got you. Hey, don't play that. I was genuinely curious. You said okay. <laughs> I wanted to know where that was from. I I've the, never the, heard of the video. stuff. It whoopee. This asking. is where you're stuck going up and can easily go down. That is what being rim not being rim rocked is a precarious and tenuous place. Basically, what Gordon said. So by you saying, why would anyone possibly care about this? That was you rim-rocking Gordon into a precarious and tenuous place. No, he's saying I'm rim-rocked when I said that. You are or he is? I was. No, I was. Oh. This is the way I meant it. I see. It's got to be your ball. There was nowhere to go because you left me on the edge of a cliff. (laughs) It did have that feel. Jerk. (laughs) I was on the edge of a cliff. Wait, don't throw the jerk in there. What would what, what I do that was jerkish? I said I felt bad about the, the care about that thing. Well, if you felt bad about it, then you understand that you were being kind of a jerk. Well, you've taken okay. per- personal shots at me for, for months now that uh, I go home and cry. What what? But I never, I <laughs> what never... have I ever said? What have I ever said that was as bad as why would anybody care about what you just said you called me a bad human for not looking forward to having a newborn <laughs> and for flying a kite with your daughter yeah you called me a bad person i said no, does I it does didn't. it make me a bad person that i'm not looking forward to the newborn phase and you said yes <laughs> that's, that's a true story that's within the fortnight uh, yeah, so hmm. i i didn't care about your selection for the not sports report but i didn't say it's because you're a bad person yeah, I did. I don't think I don't think there's anything worse that you could say to a partner on the radio than why would I possibly care about that? It's the worst thing you can say. It's worse than you're a bad person. Oh, I'd take that <laughs> over bad person. So if go if so if Jake really doesn't understand why anyone would possibly care about that, what would you rather he say to you? 
I would rather he engage in what it was I so said. So you'd find, like him to lie and Find a hook. Find a hook somewhere to jump aboard and to continue the conversation. I think it was, but I think the report that day was like a zookeeper lost his keys and then yes. they found him. All right. Look, all right. For look, 15 I, I, look, minutes. I, I'm not, I'm not, fe- I'm not, <laughs> I'm not Find feeling hook, sorry Jake. for myself. Oh, I'm not feeling sorry for myself. I'm not pouting. Nothing. Jake, you do it. You do it. <laughs> That and does, then I can that, say to you, why would anybody care about this? That does sound a little <laughs> like I'm taking my bat and ball and going home. Well, that's not what I mean by it. Because, you know, I mean, I don't know. I like sharing it. I mean, look, Austin does his uh, Austin's list, which is eerily similar to the Not Sports <laughs> Report. Only good. No, Pants does Old World News or whatever it's called. <laughs> it's all right. I can, I can share. It's all right. Old World yeah. News, just talking oh, about the Santa Maria and things. Or... And, and, and I would say Austin's <laughs> list is more similar to Blocked in Real Life, really, if we're comparing it to other radio bits. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's coming well, up next, though. That's right. That's right, Austin. You got some. Okay. Good? Yeah, there you go. Whoopi knows what. Have next. I ever, Austin? When you've done the done your list, have I ever said, "Why would anybody care about this"? You have said similar things. Yeah. Have I? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, it sounds to me like we all need to apologize to each other. No. Why? Why are we going soft all of a sudden? <laughs> the show's better when we fake hate each other's guts. <laughs> okay. Right. Well, I mean, that was really a productive segment, wasn't it? Uh, a bigger, I'm sorry, I brought it up. A bigger, no, better person would get over it, but I. <laughs> I'm glad we we got that all settled. You know, awesome. don't, don't we all feel better now? We got it all settled. Oh, now I we're ready to move forward. Feel far worse, and it sounds like you might be holding on to some things too. Maybe we need to go to counseling. <laughs> Can we do that on the air? No. <laughs> That would really be a pretty good segment, I think, actually. Austin's List next, 97.5 and 12.8 of the zone. Let's bring Dr. Feelgood in. It begins with the airing of grievances. On 97.5, 12.80, the zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 12.80, the zone. Austin Horton, the executive producer of the, of the big show, has an enemies list, and uh, people go on that list all the time. Mainly, we encourage Austin to put people on that list <laughs> all the time. Too. And uh, we're going to do that today. Where, where are we going for Austin's list today? Going to, I believe this was in Massachusetts. Uh, anyone that, uh, first of all, this man goes on the list and then gets removed from the list, and someone else goes in his place. How did so, he wriggle off the hook? An man, unprecedented really... uh, segment here. So a man named Christopher Fren in Franklin, Massachusetts, was pulled over for going 142 miles an hour in his vehicle. He was then uh, released on his own personal recognizance. He wasn't under the influence of anything. He was just driving really fast. He drives, any guesses as to what kind of car this person drives. Yes, it is indeed. It's pronounced Porsche. That's Porsche. the car. Yeah. Okay. Porsche. Uh, well, no, according to this expert that we had on the show. It's pronounced Porsche. So. Yeah, but that was an incriminating audio. No, it was. I only I, had I one said, Porsche. I said that by accident, yeah, didn't I? Which one? Yeah. 
Anywho, he drives a Porsche, and uh, he drives it really fast and recklessly. So good, he got arrested, he got put away, and he's going to pay his debt to society. Wait, he got put away? Just for the night. Like, okay. they, you know, that's what I don't mean they sent him to Sing Sing. <laughs> Anywho, he, so he goes on the list for being reckless with the vehicle and for having that type of vehicle. But he comes off the list, and in his place goes a different type of person because this young man has a YouTube channel. And on said YouTube channel, he was seen transporting for charity a Christmas tree to and fro different places strapped on top of his Porsche. 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 Pronounced Porsche. It's a GT3 RS. Uh, 188,550 MSRP on the price of that bad boy. And for charity, he had strapped the tree to the top of that Porsche and was taking it where it needs to be. And anyone that wouldn't do that with their Porsche goes on the list today. (laughs) Yep. Anybody said, no, my car is way too nice for charity work like that. How much did you say that car was worth? (laughs) It's, It's MSRP is around 188. Five fifty. Yeah. Is that right? A GT three. Is that what it, it would be? Uh, well, I don't know. They, there, there are wide variances of, of prices on those things depending upon would, everything that's. Put hypothetically, in. Jake, if you had, would you for charity transport that Christmas tree on your Porsche? One hundred percent. Me as well, uh, Gordon. Yeah, you just got to make sure that the uh, the trunk forward, you know. So it's not wait, like, wait, wait! Why would it be trunk forward? Wouldn't it be trunk backward? Because then no. the, the wind's blowing the the it would not work so then well. Then that thing's like a sail driving down the road. <laughs> no, it's the other way around. Because when you've got the trunk forward, <laughs> the trunk of the tree. Yeah, forward, I, we know what you're talking about. The then, wind will then, catch then, it. Then, yeah. No, you no, know a tree is the, shaped no, like an umbrella. You, no, then it flows with the with the natural shape of the branches as opposed to turning it around now it turns what into tree grows style. up yeah what are you talking about the tree grows down towards the trunk so if you put that on the roof of your car you want that trunk towards the rear of your car you want the tip where the star would go pointing no, forward over the you hood do not. It's, it's exact opposite what's the matter with you guys you want the trunk forward so that the natural flow of the branches goes backward. So when the wind is coming across it, if you put it the other way, it opens the branches up. No, I think you're confused. This is about as simple. Uh, 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 <laughs> this is as simple as it gets. You don't have the branches that are opening in a certain direction to be opened more by the wind. Right, we understand that concept. Now, which part of the tree are you pointing forward? The trunk. No, now the trunk runs up and down throughout the entire tree. Do you, the part where the star goes is pointing which direction? In the back. Oh, you're Gordon. Well, well, well. Hold on, Jake. We might be wrong here. You are wrong, unless you're, you know, strapping it to a Porsche for charity reasons. Which we no, you're wrong. Would one That's anybody who transports a Christmas tree knows that you put the the bottom of the tree forward because because, because the branches, the wind is coming into the branches, and the wind is blowing in the same direction as the branches grow naturally. If you That's turn it around, if you turn, listen to me. It's if you turn why. it, if you turn it around the other way, now you have a parachute effect where the wind is coming into the branches and the branches are opening up more causing wind resistance. It's it says here it's due to you don't want the branches to break. 
in the wind because there would be more well, wind either, against it's okay. the other way. But okay, so it's not way, that yeah, but, it's the way the branches grow. It's the same effect. It's the same effect because it's it's creating resistance for the wind that's coming across the top of the tree. Five people are calling in about this. Sorry. I'm telling you, gotta go. let's take the calls. No. I'm telling you, you guys are wrong on this. Just flat out <laughs> W-R-O-N-G. You care about the dumbest things, weirdest things, strangest things. Well, uh, I was just going to say, who would, who would ever care about this? <laughs> Why would anybody possibly care about this? That was not me right now. I I I, I way in, overreacted there. I'm I, sorry. I am engaged in Gordon's opinion. <laughs> hey, don't blame me for this. I'm, I am. This, this was I, Austin's thing. I am involved in this conversation. Okay. Here, and I'm giving Gordon support. I don't want your support. Wait, I, how can I win here? <laughs> how can I? I I backed off. I stand corrected. I'm uh, I'm, I'm engaged in what's going on. I am just astounded that you guys don't get what I'm saying. Would you transport the Christmas tree trunk forward or backward on the top of your Porsche? I wouldn't. I mean, it would be no big deal. That's not going to hurt your car. (laughs) So, yes, you would? Sure. All right. I got a guy that will give you a call later. He needs some help. (laughs) He needs a tree transported. His name is Moshton Schmorton. But I got a truck now, so I can nope, move it in the my Porsche truck. will do. Why is it going to be the Porsche? Because oh, that's the rules of the game here. The you said you would do it. Okay. All right. I, I just hope somebody, some of our listeners, I, I I apologize for my partners here who don't understand some of the rules of physics here. I, I just, that's know, what I'm the guy sorry. you paid to get it to your house told you, right? <laughs> yeah. No. Are you kidding me? I got a truck now. I transport my own trees. That's who's on the list, though. Always Gordon forward. No, Gordon apparently isn't on the list. It's those that won't do it for charity. And Gordon said he's gonna tonight. Okay. Oh, you need the Christmas tree transporting tonight. There's Austin's list. We'll have more coming up next. Ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty. The zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I'll tell you what, Gordo, uh, not that uh, we ever really have trouble coming up with content or anything, but uh, I miss the jazz playing this this week-long break. It feels like we should be talking about games. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the players got to rest up, you know. They got to rest up. I actually, I think it does. Oh, sorry about that. I I do think it, it. uh, leads to better basketball in the second half of the season, giving them more yeah. of a more of a break. I mean, what did it used to be, Gordon? They'd get uh, the last games would be Thursday night, then Friday, then Saturday All Star festivities, Sunday All Star festivities, practice Monday, games by Tuesday. Isn't that kind of how they used to do it? Yeah, and when you think about it, uh, straight on through into the playoff crush, it's it, it is grueling. I know these guys make a lot of money, but. Uh, you know, from a physical standpoint, they earn it. At least most of them do. Well, and this year is a little bit different because the back part of the schedule is going to be more uh, truncated, which is why I think uh, the, the Jazz should be grateful that they have not had more games canceled to the to COVID. They've only had one canceled, right, or postponed, or whatever verbiage we're using. 
the Washington, Washington game. Yeah. You know, San Antonio lost a bunch of games. Uh, I can I keep using the word lost. That feels misleading to me. San Antonio didn't play a bunch of games. Toronto didn't play a bunch of games. Who else, Gordo? There's, I think there's 31 games that were missed uh, due to uh, COVID issues that will be have to had to make made up in the second part of the season, and the Jazz only have one. So I would guess that they'll have a little bit uh, less crowded schedule going forward, and I think that's probably going to be a good thing. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Uh, the, 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 as I said earlier, uh, they make a lot of money, these players do, but what they're asked to do, at least those that are on the floor, uh, it, it is I mean, it is a grind. When you think of those guys playing deep into the late hours and then turning around showing up at practice the next day and – I mean, your body just after a while it can it can wear down. So yeah, it's good for them to get rejuvenated and ready to go. And from the way the Jazz were playing at the end there, it seems as though the timing was pretty good for them to regroup a little. Yeah, refocus. And uh, you know, we heard from Mannix yesterday about his expectations in the second half of the season. He doesn't expect to fall off, and I don't think Jazz fans do either. So. Yeah. Um, a little rest and a little refocus probably doesn't hurt anybody, regardless of, of how you were playing going into the break. Exactly. Uh, Gordo, all right, you enjoy your evening, buddy. I will uh, speak with you tomorrow. Maybe we'll have, we'll be, we should be nicer to each other tomorrow. Oh, it's all good. Come on. We're, we're just having fun. I'll try. I'll try to be nice. Fun. <laughs> try, try, try to find some interest in, in some little nugget I find out there in the world that uh, is extraordinary and thereby news. I'll, I can't promise anything, but I'll do my best. <laughs> okay. That's I'll, all you can I'll do. I'll do my best. Can't do any more than that. All right, buddy. Talk to you tomorrow. See ya. This is the big show, ninety seven five and twelve eighty of the zone.